1992, my wife and I were full-time missionaries with Africa Evangelical Fellowship on the island of Reunion in the Indian Ocean. We had been asked to pastor a small church in the mountains. And we met in an extension of a house with a leaky roof and no windows. And when it rained, the, ro the roof leaked and the wind blew through those empty spaces uh, for windows. And mothers, of course, with young children hesitated to bring them to these meetings. Now, for some reason, that burdened my heart. I've been called to teach, but here was a group that was not being instructed in the Word of God. And so I brought this matter to the Lord and asked him what I needed to do. And I've been preaching a series of messages on the book of Jonah at that time. And the Lord led me to write out those messages I'd been preaching. And originally they were, of course, written in French. And I typed those messages out and I made 10 copies on an old copy machine and I offered those copies to the people in the church. It was probably one of the most humbling things that I had to do and people joked, oh, so you're a writer now. And, and, and I felt humble to, to do this. And I, and I, of course, I, even to this day, I consider that simple book on Jonah that I wrote in a language that wasn't even my own to be the most important book that I ever wrote because it was the first step of obedience to the Lord. And I really didn't know at that time what the Lord had in mind for me. Two years later, in 1994, we finished our term on Reunion Island and returned home to Canada. But the burden God gave me to write did not leave, and even when I returned home, and the Lord continued to impress on my heart the importance of opening God's Word to ordinary believers. And I began writing at that time Bible commentaries and studies in my own language in English. And though I did not, or nor do I consider myself a writer, writing has been the tool that God has used to fulfill the burden he has placed on my heart. And so from 1994 to 1996, I continued to follow that burden that God had given me. And I wrote each study and I laid it out on my computer and took those pages to a local print shop to produce 100 copies of, of each. And I would take them home in boxes, all those pages, and collate them and compile them into books. And the compiled books were then taken to another print shop to be bound. And the books were originally sold to believers in Cape Breton, and the money that came in was used then to publish further books. In 1997, the manager of a Christian bookshop in Sydney approached me about getting my books published by a publisher in Belleville, Ontario. She gave me the information and challenged me to submit my material to them. And, and when I did, they agreed to publish. And over the next five years, they published 10 titles. And these books, however, were, were still being sold to believers in Cape Breton to encourage them in their faith. But it was not long after that that God began to oppress upon my heart the burden for believers around the world. I didn't know how to proceed with that, but I asked the Lord to show me what 
I needed to do so that the material that I was writing could benefit people beyond my island. Well, it wasn't long before the Lord began to answer that prayer. I was in Toronto in 2002, and the Lord impressed on my heart to speak to the Canadian director of the Africa Inland Mission. I remember sitting down with him in his office and explaining my burden and giving him copies of my books, and I made a commitment to him that day. And I said, if the mission, if your mission can use these books, then I will trust the Lord to provide the resources to ship them overseas to any address that you'll give me. I don't think he got home that evening before he sent me an email with a list of African schools and pastors that AIM worked with. And I began shipping books free of charge to pastors and Bible schools in Africa for their encouragement. And that began the distribution ministry of Light to My Path book distribution. Well, I didn't realize how much my faith would be stretched because of that commitment. Letters started coming in, and people began to hear about this ministry, and believers began to write asking for books, and God began opening doors. Now, I often wondered how these individuals got my address, but I always wondered where the money was going to come from to supply them with these books. Well, it was around that time that I had a letter from the Christian Ministry to Miners in South Africa. I had sent them a copy of, of some books, but they wanted me to send a whole box of books so that they could use them for their outreach to miners in the gold mines of South Africa. Well, it was then that I began to feel somewhat overwhelmed. I, I began to wonder how I was going to have the resources necessary to provide these individuals the material they were looking for. And I, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what do I do? And I remember so vividly to this day, the Lord speaking to my heart and saying to me in these words, of all that I give, lose None. And for the years that followed, I began to send books freely, uh, this material freely of charge to all who would ask, trusting the Lord to supply the need. By 2002, I was invited to uh, go to Haiti by some missionary friends and uh, while I was there, I, I showed some Christian leaders the material that I had been writing in English, and they noticed a small book that I had written on the assurance of salvation and asked if I would consider translating that book. And, and of course, that brought me a, a new challenge. I had never considered translating my material into other languages. But I sought the Lord about it, and within two days, he provided a translator. And, and he also, over the course of the months that, that followed, provided the funds for us to print 2,000 copies of that book in Haitian Creole and ship it into the country. And not only did I stand amazed at the provision of God in that day, but it was the first time that I had, my mind had been opened to the whole concept of translating material and a whole new avenue of ministry that the Lord was opening up to me. That same year, another friend of mine invited me to go to the Philippines. 
The international director of Action International Ministries heard that I was going. How he heard that I was going was quite a miracle in itself. I'd been speaking at Cape Breton Bible Camp to a group of Canadian Sunday School missionaries, and one of those missionaries knew a professor at Prairie Bible Institute in Three Hills, Alberta, who had written material for Action International Ministries. He contacted that professor, and that professor immediately contacted the director of Action International Ministries, and we found out that he was going to be at the Philippine, in the Philippines at the same time that I was. And so I received an email from the director and founder and director of Action International Ministries, who invited me to come to the Philippines while I was uh, to Manila while I was in the Philippines. And so when I did, we met, we sat down, we discussed, we talked about the material that I had been writing. And within two and a half days, he had arranged to publish 1,000 copies each of two of my Bible commentaries, which would be given to Filipino pastors. They covered the entire cost of that, and I often stand back in amazement at the provision of God and how he had opened that door. It was during my time in the Philippines with the International Director of Action International Ministries that I was invited to take the Ministry of Light to My Path book distribution and merge it with the Ministry of Action International Ministries, something that I would do very shortly after that. And that merger, of course, would open further doors for greater ministry around the world. One of the doors that would open up as a result of the merger with Action International Ministries came in 2004 when I received an email from Gabriel Publishing in Georgia. They asked for copies of my material, of my books, to, for them to consider publication. Now, I had nothing to do with this. This was totally from the Lord. But as they examined the material, they agreed to publish it. And over the next three years, 18 books were published at their expense. And then during that same year, Action Columbia contacted me about publishing my commentary on the epistles of John and Jude in Spanish for Columbia. And so the doors began to open for me for international ministries. Around that same time, the Lord led a ministry director in India to contact me, and he expressed his desire to translate the commentaries that I'd been writing into Hindi. And for $1,500 Canadian, he could translate, publish, and distribute 1,000 books among Hindi-speaking believers in India. Well, I felt the Lord's words of all that I give you lose none being impressed on my heart, and so I agreed. And over the years to come, we would translate eight books into Hindi, and the Lord provided over $12,000 necessary to make that possible. By 2008, however, the Lord began to test my faith once again. The U.S. publisher of the English books was not seeing the sales they had anticipated, and there was no real motivation to continue publishing. On the other hand, however, I was now shipping books to believers in, in 50 different countries free of charge. The publisher offered to sell the entire stock of books at cost plus 10%, and the challenge was for me to, however, find another source for printing books when that supply was exhausted. 
And I had one of two choices to make at that time. Either I was to close the ministry down because I did not have a, a supplier, uh, or two, I was to take a step of faith and do what I could to move this ministry forward. Well, I asked the Lord what I needed to do. Letters from believers around the world showed me that there was still a great need for Christian material. And the burden of the Lord was still in my heart, and I was convinced that God was not finished with the ministry. But if I was to continue, I needed to invest in it. I needed equipment to, to publish books, and, and so I took this matter to the Lord. And I became convinced that I needed to publish the material myself. I'd been teaching a Bible study in Sydney Mines and, uh, at one, on one occasion, and, and as I was teaching, I asked the people to pray about uh, the possibility of me getting a book-binding machine. And at, at the end of the study, a man pulled me aside that, that very night, and he said, Wayne, he says, uh, I want to give the money necessary to purchase that binding machine for you. A rural church in mainland Nova Scotia felt burdened to give another $2,000 for the purchase of a laminating machine for the covers. It wasn't long before I began to outgrow my 7 by 14 sun porch where I was doing my work and I became more and more, it became more and more evident that I, that I needed more space. And I had no funds for this, but began, but committed the, the matter to the Lord. And over the next while, without fundraising or pleas to churches, I watched the Lord work. At a family meeting on one occasion, I was handed an envelope. I opened it up later and found a check for $10,000. My father cut down trees on his property and milled the lumber. My uncle made roof trusses. My son built frames uh, to, for concrete. A construction company donated extra gravel they had on their job site. Unbelieving cement workers donated their time after work to pour and level the slab. An electrical engineer donated not only his time, but all of the supplies necessary to, to put the electricity into this office. And I stood back on one occasion and watched what God was doing, and I was absolutely amazed at his provision. In 2009, Action Cuba asked permission to translate my commentary on the Book of Acts. I would need to pay for the translation and printing, but they would do the distribution. Well, God provided for 800 copies of that commentary to be printed and distributed in Cuba. And after several visits to Cuba, the Lord provided me with a Spanish translator, or translators rather, and we've now translated over 50 books into Spanish and, and completed the Spanish New Testament commentary series. An unexpected email came from Korea, South Korea, in 2009. It was from a, a publisher wanting permission to translate all of my commentaries on the Bible. They wanted a Korean commentary on the entire Bible. 
And over the next few years, I worked to complete my Bible commentary series as, as they translate it. And the result was a 22-volume set that is still being distributed today to believers in, in Korea. They, they, they took on the entire expense themselves. And again, I stood back in amazement at the Lord's provision. I had nothing to do with it. It was all of God. In 2010, an email request came from Pakistan to, to translate my commentaries into Urdu. And the result has been a complete New Testament commentary series in Urdu for Pakistan. 1,000 copies of each of these books have now been distributed. The Pentateuch has already been translated, and we're looking forward to printing that in the near future. The very next year, in 2011, an email came from Myanmar. A Bible school director was at the post office, and uh, a believer had gone to the post office to pick up uh, some uh, a parcel that I had sent to him. And when he saw this Bible school director, he approached him and he showed him the material that he had just received, the Bible commentaries. And when the director of the Bible school in Myanmar saw this, he wrote me and he asked me to consider translating these commentaries into the Burmese language. And so we're working right now on the translation of the New Testament commentaries into the Burmese language for Myanmar. And over the years that would follow, the Lord began to open up other doors for translation as well. And so we've been translating into Swahili for Tanzania, into Amharic for Ethiopia, Ateso for Uganda, Chichewa for Malawi, Telugu for India, Tamil for India, and Sri Lanka. I, I didn't seek these opportunities, but the Lord brought them to me. Soon the task of printing and shipping books from my office in Sydney Mines became too much for one person to handle. And, and so the, the Lord began to show me that it would be much more efficient to print books in the countries where I wanted to ship, the, to distribute them. And, and that resulted in setting up of some very simple distribution centers in Ethiopia, Zambia, Uganda, Cuba, Pakistan, Kenya, Myanmar, Malawi, Sierra Leone, and Liberia, India, Tanzania. And as the Lord provides, I'm able to supply funds for my translators and distributors to translate, print, and distribute in their own country without the cost of shipping material from Cape Breton. In more recent years, the number of requests has increased to a point that is way beyond what I can handle personally. And as I brought this to the Lord, he began to show me the need to find ways of distributing the material electronically. And so this has led to a number of electronic avenues for distribution of this material. The online reading library at lighttomypath.ca has a library of books in English and Spanish and Urdu and Swahili and, and uh, Burmese. And so many people come and just go to the website and are able to freely read that material. The Light to My Path uh, book 
app, a library app you know, on uh, online can be downloaded and used to, to read material. WhatsApp distribution in Ghana and Cuba and Malawi and, and Zambia, uh, I'm able to provide electronic books by through WhatsApp, distributed a book a week to believers in, in these countries. The secure digital card libraries, entire library on a secure digital card in English and Spanish and Urdu, being able to distribute that at a fraction of the cost to those who have cell phones or computers or tablets, weekly podcasts, that 20-minute Bible teaching on a regular weekly basis going out, wireless hotspots open uh, that can open up the op opportunity for people gathering together at conferences or whatever to, to, to receive the material by simply downloading it onto their phones free of charge. All of these avenues, the Lord has been opening up for me to be able to get this material into the hands of believers around the world. Well, all of this began in an island smaller than Cape Breton Island in a language that was not my own. Ten copies of a sermon series on Jonah, photocopied and distributed to a small rural church in Reunion Island, and that was the very first step of obedience, and it was from there that the Lord would take me one step at a time. I don't promote this work. I simply walk in obedience to the leading of the Lord, and he's led me each step of the way, and all I can do is to do what he's called me to do and follow his leading. And it began as something very small, and I have no big visions or aspirations for this ministry. But what I do have, however, is a passion to follow the leading of the Lord. I don't want to run ahead of him, but neither do I want to fall behind him. I want to be where I can hear him. I want to be where I can know his strength and know his leading. And I know that if I'm there, he will reveal the rest and accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Mm -hmm.